Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 50. We've made it all the way to 50. Did I did I think that starting this podcast and uh, we would get to 50 episodes? Probably not, to be honest. And I'm really, really glad to see that we have got here and I'm looking forward to the next 50 episodes as well with you guys. Hopefully that at this stage, um, I've been able to provide some sort of value to you if that's around training, nutrition, mindset, recovery, body com- composition, you know, improvement phases, dieting phases, reverse diets, whatever that it is. Hopefully I've been able to provide even one piece of information or one bit of value to all of you guys. And I also just want to say a massive thank you because if there was no no you guys there would be no podcast to see that there are views coming in for every single podcast every week every month is amazing to see and and i really really appreciate all of you guys as well so today's podcast topic is pretty much correlated and dictated to how i'm feeling right now if you guys follow me on instagram i don't know if you're going to be listening to this immediately after and but i've been come sick this week in a dieting phase itself so this is something that um, I often, so if you can hear it in my voice a little bit, <clears throat> this may well be the case, or that is the case why why I sound maybe a little bit different. But this is something that as a coach, I'll run into very, very often with clients going through body composition journeys where they either pick up a little niggle or an injury, or they become a little bit sick, or they're a bit run down, or they're a little bit fatigued, something like this, because every body composition journey is going to have their obstacles. It's just about being adaptive. And, and prepping your body and nervous system to get back into training as soon as possible. And this is what this episode is going to be about, because I talk about this all the time with clients. I thought it'd be a really good place to, to, to place for all of you guys to have a listen to as well. So as, as the podcast episode will, 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 um, will say, it will be called even, excuse me, it's going to be around returning to training. And when I talk about training, I mean, full tilt, all in, all gas, no breaks, maximal intensity training not just like getting in the gym and doing two sets of ladder raises and, re- and leaving. Um, it's it's getting you back into full tilt training as soon as we possibly can. So it's return to training after your illness or injury. Now, the I'm going to split this up into two parts of the episode. One is going to be when you first realize that, oh God, I'm sick. Oh God, I have a little injury um, from, from training or something like that. What do you do in that moment before you actually get back into training? Okay. And when, when that moment comes, it's pretty much like when I woke up the other yesterday uh, on Wednesday, I knew, geez, if I go into train today, this is going to be very bad for me. So then what do we do then in that moment? The first thing is, is that we'll discuss is going to be mindset. You know, for me, that is our number one tool for keeping in a positive place because to be honest, guys, when I'm not training, I'm almost a completely different person. Training is a huge part of my life. It keeps my mental health and well-being in a good spot. It keeps you know, structure and routine to my day. It, it does so much for me, my training. And when it's taken away from me, a lot of these things can become, um, you know, they're lost for me, to be honest. And being in control of your mindset and controlling what you can is the best thing that you can do in that moment in time. Is it easy? No, absolutely not. And I find it quite difficult to do, to be honest, at times. However, what I tell clients anyway, and what I look at, look at it is there are so many things that you can control. That's going to be your sleep and wait times, your sleep hygiene practices, your fluid balance, your electrolyte balance, your nutrition quality, your uh, macronutrient amounts, your calorie amounts, your meal timings, your uh, digestion checklist, your step count targets, your stress management interventions. There are so many things that you can do. There's only one thing that you can't train. 
So we have to look at the the positives and say that the the controllables weigh the weigh out the uncontrollables right now. So it's trying to to drive your mindset towards that in a more positive sense and saying, well, it is, I am grateful that I can still work. I'm still grateful that I can go out for a walk. I'm still grateful that I have food in the fridge. Do you know, that's the kind of the mindset that you need to have that I would advise having anyway, or you're just going to feel like so negative all, all, all the time. It's something that I've really struggled with, which is completely or constantly even, excuse me, in this negative feedback loop, which we don't want. Okay. So once we have that um, element of mindset, then we discuss some of the variables we touched on. Number one is going to be sleep, especially if we're ill or injured for that matter. Sleep is going to be our number one priority for recovery. When you're ill, sometimes it maybe is affected, um, which it has done for a couple of nights for myself as a whole. But trying to keep, you know, and I also see this with clients, when when we get sick or when we get injured, all of our variables get chucked, chucked out. We just don't look after them anymore. We're staying up too late. We're still getting up early. We're eating crap. Our food quality is gone. We're not hydrating. And this is why we want to try and just keep as much routine into our day as we can. Stop us getting stressed out that we're losing some of our routine. So sleep is pretty much dictated by a couple of variables for me. One is just going to have concrete sleep and wake times. Your wake time remains the same and your sleep time remains the same all the way through the week. If you um, push that a little bit later at the weekend, which is quite common, I would advise you having a one hour variance on terms of your so if you wake up at 6.30 in the morning, I'll try work out, wake up maybe 7.30 at the morning at the weekend, or you're just going to sh- shift your circadian rhythm away. But as much sleep, as much sleep as you possibly can, even if it means you get a nap in during the day, if you are ill like myself, for 30, 45 minutes or something like this, but try and keep that about eight to 10 hours away from um, the bedtime window. Before we touch on point two, George is napping beside me here. He's sleeping, and I think you guys can probably hear him snoring just there. And also the uh, the F1 car. So the F1 is in Melbourne at the moment, so they're only around the corner. And um, So if you hear any kind of sounds every two seconds, that's, that's what it's going to be. So George is snoring and the F1 cars. But we'll go into uh, stress management as number two. So as we know, this is going to be a really important um, variable, to be honest, throughout the whole of our lifetime, through, throughout all of our, our journey here, um, but massively so when we are ill and when we are, you know, uh, injured. So taking, because if you think about it like this, the recovery side of the equation really only happens when we're in that relaxed state. And this is called the parasympathetic state, rest and digest side of the nervous system. If we're always, oh God almighty, can't train, can't train, can't train, can't do this, can't do that, can't do this. And you're always in this heightened sense of, of stress. That's called the sympathetic side, the fight or flight response to the nervous system, of the nervous system, excuse me you're going to massively downregulate your ability to recover quickly from an injury or illness perspective. So being on top of your stress management, this can happen. This can be uh, on a couple of variables. One is going to be like consistent guided breathing, maybe booking in maybe one to two, maybe even three sessions of five minutes a day. Two is going to be through journaling. This is something that's massively helped with me in my stress management. Each night before bed, I'll write in into my journal what, what I've done during the day, you know, what stressed me out a little bit, you know, even sometimes when I have so much work to do the next day and I'm already thinking about it before I go to bed and I just write it out on my list to say, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? First thing, this person's check-in, this onboarding, you know, this podcast I need to do, whatever that it is. And sometimes when I write out in a piece of paper, I'm like, oh, that that's all right. So that's not good. I'm, I'm going to be able to get through that tomorrow. And just that kind of like 
calming effect of that stress relief for me is going to massively help with my quality of sleep that evening, okay, which is going to help my recovery. So guided breathing, journaling, gratitude logging, you know, even booking for a massage if you if you're if you're healthy enough to get in there, uh, booking for yoga sessions, you know, all these kind of things. If that means to go get your nails done or something like this, anything like that can have a really positive influence on your overall stress levels, uh, which will improve your ability to recover. Another really key one is relaxation time, something I massively struggle with. Yesterday, I finished up check-ins and a little bit of admin work that I was supposed to do at maybe like two o'clock, jumped on the couch and just chilled there for the day. I haven't done that. I cannot tell you guys in genuinely, probably about two years, but it was so nice to do. I have have massive guilt when I do that kind of stuff. I could could have done this podcast yesterday, get it up a day earlier for you guys. But relaxation, and honestly, I woke up today, I know I know that that's not every part of the equation, but I woke up today so, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I didn't feel great. Yesterday, I genuinely felt like death. Today, I feel amazing. And I believe that having actual relaxation time, chilling out, relaxed, being horizontal on a couch, watching your favorite movie, these kind of things can have such a profound effect on, on your overall recovery. So that's going to be sleep and stress management covered. Nutrition is going to be one that is very easily thrown away, but trying to maintain incredibly high food, one of the best recovery tools you can use is is food quality. So making sure that we eat very good quality, nutrient dense foods for the, for the whole day. Um, Meal timings, trying to keep on top of your meal times. If you are in a surplus right now, you know, trying to keep your meal times in a good spot, or you're going to feel like you're you're just getting to one o'clock, having one meal, maybe another meal at seven, you're losing everything, losing hundreds, maybe even thousands worth of calories. Because when you have to think about it like this, when you get back, yes, it doesn't make too much difference right now because is your body composition changing positively? Not really. But when you get back to full volume training, do you have that gas tank in the car completely filled up? Or is it just like dribs and drabs of petrol being being put in there? Probably So if you don't have a full gas tank, when you try and get back into sessions after a while, you're going to feel beaten up. You're going to feel more fatigued. So it's almost like we're just trying to fill the, fill the gas tank, fill the battery as much as you possibly can before you then get back into your training. So I think that whatever macronutrients that you or your coach have set, you nail that day in, day out, whatever your foods, your calories are, whatever your meal times are, you just try and nail those day in, day out. Having enough protein, making sure you keep on top of that, especially if you are injured, this will massively help with the recovery side of things, but also this will massively help with negating any muscle loss as well. What I'd also advise doing is if you are not training for a prolonged period of time, so if you have like a lower back injury where training upper and lower um, can't happen for you right now, really have a think about how long that's going to be for. If it's over like two three weeks or something, I, I would not be in a deficit because if you're in a deficit and you're losing weight and you're not training, the likelihood is that a lot of that is going to be new muscle or not new muscle is going to be your muscle. So maybe running a maintenance period at that time would be the best thing that you can do. If it goes past, if it's like 10, you know, like 10 14 days or something, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, even at 14 days, like you're, you're pushing on it a little bit. Um, but I think that all the research will show, especially around COVID, there's some really good research papers done about muscle loss. 
And I believe that it's, it's it's looking a little bit longer than that before you actually start to lose lose some significant tissue. You might feel flatter. You might feel softer. You might not feel as hard, of course, because we're not training. But inevitably, that will come back when you do start training. But the key is to make sure if you're prolonged, if you're out of training for a prolonged period of time, like a month, something like that, I would definitely just run a maintenance period rather than a, a fat loss period. Then I'll come back to that. Okay. So if you are not moving as much should you be eating less so that's an answer that's a question that i often get asked so it really depends on what what our goal is if you're not moving as much okay but the goal is fat loss and you know that in three or four days time you're going to be back in the gym i don't believe you should be eating less than what your targets are and um, because if the less that you eat the slower this is going to impede slow the what would I say the slower this is going to be from a recovery standpoint so if your if your targets are 2000 calories a day and you're in a fat loss phase and then you get sick and yes you're not you're not walking as much let's say and you're not maybe doing as many sessions for let's say four or five days should you drop to you know 12 1300 calories or 1500 calories no because that's going to have even more of a knock-on effect in terms of your recovery you're not giving your body enough fuel to recover so just stay with those calorie targets that you're at currently um, and not drop them below what you actually have um uh, usually okay that would be my advice on that Nutrition, then, that has been nailed. We'll move into fluid and hydration status. A really easy one, but I actually always feel that when I get sick, I need more water. I need more fluid. But actually, a lot of people don't drink anywhere near as much fluid as they usually do, which means you're you're so chronically dehydrated in this phase. So I would advise drinking as much water as you usually have and maybe plus one liter on top of that. But also stay on top of your electrolytes. I just got some electrolyte tablets there and um, to have kind of two times a day, having pink salt and low salt, this potassium rich low salt um, from Saxa back home, I think is the, is the brand, um, is really, really useful to help hold hydration status. Because if you're just drinking water all the time and you're not uh intaking or ingesting enough electrolytes your body is not going to hold that hydration status it's going to get rid of it and we want to be holding all of these markers then um from hydration status in the bloodstream itself in terms of output and cardio um, this would be the least of my worries when i am sick and my energy levels are a little bit lower my fatigue is high am i going to waste that on getting loads of steps and cardio no if i feel okay i will hit my steps I'll hit my nutrition and that will be it. Now, if I'm not like yesterday, for instance, I had, I, I hit 5,000 steps. Okay. That was it. And my, my goal is to be 12,000 steps. Was I running out the door to do an extra 7,000? No, no way. I, I was, I was fatigued. I was so tired. I could barely move from the couch. So that was a, an indicator then that I wasn't ready to go out and do those steps. Now, when that happens, what I would do is is make an adjustment to food in this respect. So what I like to, to think of with steps is it's about 50 calories per thousand steps. So if I was 7,000 calories short, that is going to be 3,500 calories then. Okay, if you think 50 calories per thousand steps, seven by five, 350 calories. Then my overall energy balance is still going to be identical to what I would do if I, if I left food the same and I, I did the same amount of steps. So it's not the same as, you know, not eating as much because you're not burning as much. That's not the case. That would be if I did, let's say, you know, I was only doing 5,000 steps and my goal at the moment is, let's say, 2,700 calories on a non-trainer day. If I ate, you know, 
2000 calories. That'll be 700 calories less and, and 350 calories less than if I do this little mathematical equation taking 50 calories off per thousand steps. So I would just, that that's the exact same equation, me doing my steps and eating 2,700 calories or me not doing my steps and, and, and moving 23 uh, 350, 2350 calories is exactly the same. I just wouldn't be doing extra on top of that, like 2000 or 1800 or 1900 calories to account for the fact I'm not training. Cause I think that's going to really put you into a hole in terms of recovery. So when that happens, that's probably my advice for it. And, um, but like I said, it's the absolute least of my worries. Cardio is something I will just remove when I'm sick. I'd much, if I'm going to do any exercise, I would much prefer put that into a D volume training session or something like that. So through those steps via mindset, sleep, stress management, relaxation time, nutrition, fluid, hydration status, your electrolyte balance and your output and your cardio as well, that should put you into a good spot to, to recover as quick as you possibly can, in my opinion. Okay. Which will allow you then to get back into some training. So when you feel good from an injury perspective and also illness perspective now is the time to to trial out some some sessions so the main thing that you want to think of is how, what like the severity how severe was the the injury or the illness and how long have you had to take off if you're ill Joe, you know, and you have a little little cough or something like that and you have not a little cough Joe, you know, a little a little illness that you're off for two days do you need to you know take much time off? No, I think you can just get back into full volume sessions straight off the bat if you're feeling good enough. If you're taking a prolonged period of time, like I'm going to do here, let's say from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's five days by the looks of things for me, that's a decent amount of time. So when you get back into training, then my thoughts on it is to dip the toe in the shallow end before you dive off the diving board into the deep end. Because if you think of a pool and a full pool to the brim is when you're fully recovered, very, very healthy, okay? When you're sick, that pool is drained. There's nothing left in the pool. So when you've just done all the stuff that we've touched on, sleep, stress, relaxation, nutrition, hydration, status, et cetera, et cetera, that we've just touched on, you're only starting to fill back up the pool. And if you have the option to dive off the diving board into the deep end or start to dip the toe in the shallow end, what are you going to take? shallow end all day because if you dive off the dime board into deep end it's not going to be the the prettiest landing okay so a d volume rotation is something that i would definitely advise doing upon return what is a d volume so first off i have a podcast devoted to this so i'm not gonna go too much into detail here but i would definitely go and listen to that if you guys um are listening to this one but a d volume rotation pretty much just means that if i'm doing two working sets per exercise which is what i do at the moment i would just do one Okay, so if I'm doing two sets, one set of eight to 10, one set of 10 to 15, I would just do the back off set, 10 to 15. I pretty much just would do one set of 10 to 15 on all those exercises. On a, on a set, on a session where I'm doing maybe three exercises, uh, which is very, very rare for me, I'd probably only do two then. I would just kind of feel it out. And if if one was enough for me, I would, I would do that, but may, maybe two on that itself. So it means that you're dragging the volume down of your overall workload massively throughout the week pretty much close to close to 50 percent okay so a big big drop off in volume when i train on those sessions depending on how long i've had to train if i've had to train take a week off you know 10 days off i would leave a couple of reps in the tank then okay i would definitely leave a couple of reps i would not train to true failure 
if I've only had to take four or five days, which I believe that what I'm going to do now, th maybe three to five days, let's say, I would train a little bit harder, maybe not all the way to failure, but maybe leave one rep in the tank, but train a little bit harder because I have less volume. What I would also potentially do is to run a one day on, one day off approach. So let's say if you're doing a, make it easy, an upper, lower, upper, lower rotation, you do upper D volume, day off, lower D volume, day off, upper D volume, day off, lower, lower D volume, day off, okay? If you need it. Again, like I said, the longer that you have off, the more you need of that time for recovery. If you've only taken three or four days, could you get back into upper, lower, back-to-back, -back, day off? Upper, lower, back-to-back, -back, day off? Absolutely. You're just going to have to, there's no right or wrong answer to this. You're just going to have to auto-regulate it. You guys right now in this moment are the best evaluators of your body on the planet. You will know whether going in for your session is right at full, full tilts, full volume with the day before or a day in between you're going to know that that information. And when you finish this D volume rotation, the best way for me to uh, pretty much advise this is when you finish a session at, at D volume, your first set, you might feel, oh God, I'm fatigued as hell. I'm so glad I don't need to do any more sets. When you get that feeling where you've got to the end of the session, you go, you know what? I could probably do, I could probably do another little bit here. And then the next session, you're like, I could definitely do another bit then you're ready for full volume. But just auto-regulate that and manage it. Like if that's two sessions, if that's four sessions, if that's seven sessions, I've coached clients through every single one of those, but it has to be individualized to them in that moment in time, okay? So hopefully you guys have taken value for episode number 50. Hopefully you now understand the roadmap for getting back into full tilt, full volume sessions. Uh, if you are ill or injured, and hopefully you guys are never ill or injured, but I thought I'd give my, give my value on this. Any questions you guys have, please, of course, let me know. For anyone who is uh, in, uh, inquiring, excuse me, or thinking about inquiring about coaching itself, and um, there are spots available, which I would love you guys to join the team. And what I can do is drop a link into the description for you to fill in a brief application process, book in a free call with myself, so we can discuss your own results roadmap on the call. Other than that, guys, looking forward to the next one. Thank you so much for the first 50. You probably hear all the, the F1 cars going in the background now as well. But other than that, have a fantastic rest of your day.